Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. You know, I'm preaching this message today in light of our past week and even our, no, let me do it this way. I'm preaching this message um, in light of this past week and in light of the now infamous 2020. What a year 2020 was. This week, I, was, I found out that um, actually in the last 30 days, there have been more than 45 mass shootings in our nation. We've heard about the tragedy of Adam Toledo. We've heard about other tragedies taking place um, in, our, in our country, in different cities. And if you didn't tune in on Tuesday, and I want to encourage you, please make time to pray with the people of God. My house shall be called a house of So we're supposed to pray together, and we're supposed to pray for each other. The American brand of Christianity is that I just come to receive for myself. Grow past it by praying for other people. Grow up in God. Remember, we are a a royal priesthood. We talked about that last week. So don't miss the prayer meeting, even though it's virtual right now. The Spirit of the Lord is wherever you are. And if we stand in agreement, God will be there with us, binding us together, making us powerful so that we could strike against the forces of darkness. We have to push back the forces of darkness. And one of the things that we prayed about on um, this Tuesday is we prayed that God would have mercy on our nation and on our city. There is so much anger. We need the blood of Jesus to sweep away the spirit of anger and the spirit of fear that has taken hold of our nation. It is everywhere. It is all over. It's in houses. It's in apartments. It's in classrooms. It's even in churches. And so we we cried out to God and we said, Lord, Pour out your blood on America and wash the streets clean of all of the anger and all of the fear. And so we're going to be taking communion because I can tell you this. All throughout history, every great move of God took place through the people of God repenting. And crying out for God's mercy. What I mean by that, it has to start in the church. We have to begin. We have to lead the way. We have to take meaningful communion. And ask for the power of the blood of Jesus to be released among us in a fresh and powerful and deep way. And then it can spill out from our doors all over uh, 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 our great country. And so, um, last week, I, I mentioned that we're talking about the spiritual realm. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness in high places. 
We have to deal with the root of the problem. And the root of the problem is spiritual. And so, um, I want us to really get our hearts ready to have a profound and very personal meeting with God today. What I want to do is I want to read to you from Matthew chapter 26. And on Ma this night was the night that Jesus would be arrested. This night was the night that they took communion in the way we're taking communion for the first time. It was on this night 2,000 years ago that Jesus told the disciples that, that one of them was going to betray him. And while this whole conversation was ensuing, a lot of the disciples were saying, not me, Lord, not me, Lord, not me, Lord. And then what he did, he said, actually, all of you are going to fall away. All of you are going to leave me. And I'm going to say to you as we read, Jesus was fulfilling a prophecy from Zechariah. He's actually quoting when he says it is written. He's quoting this, pro this prophecy, but it was actually a principle. So let's just go ahead. Matthew chapter 26, beginning with verse 31. So, and by the way, please go home and read this story today. My prayer is that today would be a day that we really seek God. Not just here, but when you go home. I want to ask you to just really seek God today. Take a couple of, I know that you have things to do, you've got people to meet and to talk to, but could you, could you just insert, in the context of today's message, could you insert prayer, and in particular prayer for our city and for our nation? Okay, so look, as I said, they're, they're, they're coming to a close and all of the, the, at the communion table, all of the things that are going on, and then Jesus told them, this very night, you will all fall away. You will all fall away on account of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. So Jesus was saying there's going to be this great falling away of you in, in their midst. And then he was saying, why? Because a prophecy is about to come true right before your eyes. What Zechariah said, I will strike the shepherd. Jesus is the great shepherd. And he says, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. So the title of my message today is strike the shepherd, scatter the sheep. Now, as I mentioned before we pray, please listen to me. Online, please listen to me. As I mentioned, this was the fulfillment of a prophecy, but it was really a principle, which I want to break down to you. The principle applies to everyone in this room and everyone watching. The principle is for all of us. Part of what we need to do is understand what's going on and what's going on right before our very eyes is what took place at the moment that Jesus was crushed. 
that Jesus was crucified, arrested, all of those things and how they ran away. So let's just pray for a moment. Father, I thank you for, Lord, this this precious time in your presence. We have worshipped you, Lord, at both campuses, in our homes, um, potentially at an office space. Lord, and we thank you that that you tabernacle with us. Wherever we worship you, that's where you are. And God, we thank you for this time of worship. And God, now we pray that you would breathe upon this word. God, your word is powerful. Your word is the truth that sets us free. God, I pray today that you would put a seal around all of your people and that you would remove every distraction Father, in the name of Jesus, so that we could hear and receive what the Spirit is trying to say to us personally. Make this a personal word that has a profound and corporate impact. God, not just on our church, but on our city. Not just on our city, but on the world. And so, God, would you bless this word now by your mighty power. Speak to us deeply, God, and bring about deep change in our midst right before our very eyes. In the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Strike the shepherd, scatter the sheep. Now this prophecy was actually a principle. And the principle is as follows. The principle was strike the point person and scatter Okay, if you can just strike the point person, you can scatter the rest. So look at me for a second. This is not just saying the shepherd, Jesus, or the shepherd, like I'm a shepherd, I'm a pastor. The overall principle, because remember, we learned last week that we are spiritual stones and we're being built up to be a royal priesthood. And so every person that's running point for God, here's what Satan knows. If he can strike you, he can scatter those that you have been meant to lead and help and serve and support. Strike the point person. When he says the shepherd, he means the point person. Strike the point person. If the enemy can deal a blow to the point person, he can impact the rest. You understand? He can, he can leave no unity, no covering, no blessing. And I want you to ask yourself today, when you look at the year 2020, is that not what happened through COVID and through political unrest? Has our nation, has our city not been dealt such a blow that there's been so much division, so much scattering, so much disbanding, so much disunity, unlike I've ever seen since I've been an adult? And what we don't realize is that it was the devil. The devil has struck a a blow, and the devil has struck a blow, even in the church. Can I tell you something? Since I have been a Christian, I have never seen Christians who used to love each other, eat together, fellowship together, their kids used to pray together. I have never seen, since I've been a Christian, Christians divided the way they are today. What is that? Is that covid Is that politics? No, it's a blow from the devil. 
The devil has struck a blow and he's, 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 he's separated us and he's destroyed our unity. I mean, people that we love and, 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 and care for and would hug and kiss and share all kinds of things. You know, our church is such an amazing place. And I, you know, just even little things, like, like I love the way we share baby clothes at our church. We share baby clothes, you know. Your little, your, your, uh, your baby outgrows it, give it to someone else. Man, they only wore it a little time. The thing is still fresh. <laughs> How do we know we should be sharing everything? Something's wrong when we stop sharing. Something's wrong. It's not of God. So what we need to recognize is that there is a principle of spiritual warfare that if you strike the point person, you can impact everyone. By attacking whoever is called to lead, you attack lots of people. Today, right here in this room, online, if he can strike a blow against a single mom, do you know how many great men and women of God have been raised up just by a mom? Okay, history is replete. Mighty men and women of God. Dad wasn't there for whatever reason. Dad wasn't there, but because of mom. But if he can strike a blow against that mom, he can impact the kids. If he can get one dad to start to compromise, get so frustrated that he says, I give up, things are not going my way, I give up, I'm just going to sit around and watch TV, I'm going to sit around and just give in to my, to my flesh, and I'm just going to just walk away from God. If he can get one dad to compromise and to just be separated from standing on the solid rock, we talked about last week, Jesus is our rock. We need to stand on the solid rock no matter what comes how many would say amen? If he can get one dad off the rock, he's got the family. You see? If he can get one principle, I think about the principles in this area. We Christians, we're supposed to be praying without ceasing, the Bible says. You see, at school, pray for the leaders, pray for the teachers, pray for the principal. Because look, if he can get one principal deceived, he's got access to all the kids. Why? Strike the point person, scatter the rest. Okay, and everybody here, you are called to be a point person. I'm going to say that one more time. You are called online. If you're a child of God, you are called to be a point person. You are called to shine the light. You are called to uphold the truth. You are called to love when other people are angry and hating. We're called, hallelujah, to make a difference. We're the point people. And so, look, I want to I wanna just lay out um, some of these key words very quickly here, and then we'll have two application points before we take um, communion. But notice this. The word strike means this. It means to strike a heavy blow and inflict significant damage. Sometimes fatally, fatally, 
the same root word as suffering, okay? And when Satan can strike a, a blow against us, he can cause a spiritual damage in our hearts and in our minds. When that spiritual damage takes place, our spiritual discernment is destroyed, so that we can no longer really understand or see what's taking place. So it's, it's meant to like destabilize us. What does scatter mean? Scatter means to cause a dreadful disorder. See, God said, listen, God said that when the shepherd is hit, and we have to, we have to, we have to take a serious look at ourselves. Here's what I believe. This is me, not the Lord. But I believe that what you see throughout history is that sometimes God says, you want to keep ignoring me? You want to really, you really want to turn away from me to that level? Then I'm going to let you lead yourselves. And here's what the devil does. The devil will prop you up for a short time. And he'll prop you up. And then the minute he has the, when the timing is right, he strikes a blow. Strike the point person, scatter the sheep. You see? It means to cause a dreadful disorder to disperse and uh, to disband and to cause division and confusion. So you got to ask yourself, you know, what is really happening in America and what is happening in our churches? I want to say this. It is so good to see this building full of people. Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise God. Why? Because we're the people of God. We're the family of God. Red and yellow, black and white. Everyone's precious in his sight. We belong together. We should be worshiping together and going to church and then going out and having lunch together and doing life together because we're the family of God and the children of God. But you know what the enemy has done? He has disbanded us. There was a time to separate. Now it's time to come back. Okay, and listen, let me just say this. Let me just say this. If you, some people have very legitimate reasons for why they don't go to church. And if you have legitimate reasons, stay home and be safe. Okay, but if you go everywhere else, but then when it comes to going to church, you say, oh, no, I'm afraid of COVID. Say, that's bogus. <laughs> oh, I saw you over this. I saw you over that. Hey, what's up? How you doing? You know? Can't go to church. It's bogus. You have to understand what the enemy has done. We've been scattered, and it's time for that to be over. How many would say it's time for that to be over? Come on, let's praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, indeed. See, now let me just say this. The only way to deal with the enemy's blows is to stay privately healthy. Everybody say privately healthy. This is the heartbeat of our lives as leaders. We pray over and over and over. Make God's people privately healthy. Okay, this comes, you guys know we did a series here um, 
called Like a Tree. A couple of years ago, that man is like a tree planted by streams of water, bearing fruit in season, and his leaf does not wither. The city might wither, but Christians don't wither. Not when we're privately healthy. Christians stand. Hallelujah. And here's what that, here's how do you stay privately healthy? How do you define that? It means that you're anchored in God. It means that you're guided by God. It means that you're living for God. And it means that you're growing in God. It means that you're on the rock, Christ Jesus. And so that's our big concern. That's our big focus. That is our big desire. And we have to understand what is happening right now in our day. And we have to take action. Everybody say take action. action. We have to take action. And that action starts by us taking communion. But let's keep going for a minute. So what what are the key lessons to learn? Because the truth of the matter is, People are not here who should be here. The truth of the matter is brothers and sisters in churches are separated from one another. Some people have gone dark. Some people have have like, oh, I don't want to talk to you. There are all of these things that have taken place, and it's not God's will, and it's not God's way. So what do we need to learn? Okay, it's two very basic application points. Number one... We have to be aware. You know what beware means, right? It means be aware. It means understand what's actually happening. Understand what's actually taking place as opposed to just looking with your physical eyes and responding with your physical senses. We need the help of the Holy Spirit and the discernment of the Holy Spirit and the truth of the Word of God so that we can discern the times. How many would say amen? We need to be aware. Some people have been dealt a blow and they don't even know it. Some of us have been blasted by what took place in 2020 and we have been shifted from standing on the rock and we're standing on something else. So we've been dealt this incredible blow. And my prayer is that we would understand what is Satan's goal? Satan's goal is that we would fall away. Satan's goal is that that we would would, uh, fall for the trap. Look at what the word fall away means. He said, you're going to all fall away tonight. In the Greek, it comes from the word scandalizo. It's where we get the word scandal. Do you know Satan loves a good scandal? He is the father of scandals. Christians don't love scandals, but Satan loves scandals. And he loves to drag us. He baits us and he traps us so that we get in the throes of a scandal. And you might be in an uproar in your life right now. You might be in the throes of a satanic scandal. You got to realize it means to entrap, to trip up. Okay, by some trick. The word means the bait in the trap. Sometimes we just get baited. Everybody say, don't take the bait. So one of the big questions is, brothers and sisters, is, 
man, where are you today? Are you aware? Have you been struck such a blow, but that you don't even know it? Let me give you a couple of things to help you discern this. First of all, you've been struck a blow from the enemy if, number one, your spiritual values have shifted from the rock. So if, if the way you see life, which used to be standing on Jesus, based on his word, responding like Jesus, loving like Jesus, living like Jesus, and all of a sudden you're not there anymore. You're not really, you can't justify how you feel and how you're acting based on how Jesus feels and how Jesus acted. If you've kind of stepped off the rock and now all of a sudden your value system, what's important to you, is way bigger than, than, uh, 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 than what used to be important to you, which was Jesus and the word and his spirit and the people of God and, and the family of God and the, and, and, and the kingdom of God. If you've, been off, if you've been pushed off of that, well, guess what? Chances are you've been struck a blow. Chances are something has happened in your life where all of a sudden, instead of on Christ the solid rock I stand, you're standing on something else. And so just know if your values, if the heart of God in your heart has somehow changed, you need to beware. Another one is, if you've canceled brothers and sisters in Christ, you've been struck a blow. So I need to say this, and then I want to qualify it. But I want to say this to everyone watching. But cancel culture is of the devil. Okay? Cancel culture is not of God. You know why? Because while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. How many are thankful that Jesus didn't cancel us when we offended him and when we struck a blow against him? Now I want to qualify and say, yes, if someone does something wrong, there should. They, there's a penalty to pay, so to speak. Sometimes there are repercussions and ramifications for our choices. But God is the judge, and even though God is the judge, and sometimes you reap what you sow, the truth of the matter is, it's not in the heart of a Christian to cancel someone and to cut them off, even if they've been failed by them. Because we forgive. How many are thankful Jesus forgives? Amen? Christ forgives us, and so we should forgive everyone else. You know, it's an interesting thing. Over this past year, if I could be honest with you, it's been an interesting thing. Um, I've had, I literally have had days when I have been stuck in the middle and people have been upset. They've been upset from both sides. It's an interesting thing to be a pastor. Let me tell you something. When you're a pastor, right, you're in the, in any given day, you're in the best moments of a person's life. And I'm telling you right now, literally two minutes later, you walk over here and you're in the worst moments of a person's life. It's kind of a, a, a really kind of bizarre thing. You have to be a pastor to know what I'm talking about, you know? 
But on any, but I've had days that I've had people angry with me and upset with me about, about not, not uh, taking a position that they wanted me to. And I'm like, yeah, but I, I think that that shifts me from standing on the rock. Okay? I feel like that shifts me. If I take that position in the totality that you want, I'm not saying that you're wrong, but if I take that position in the totality that you want, I feel like I'm shifting from the rock. And on the same day, somebody from the other side would say, you know what, you're not taking this. And I'm like, like this, like a sandwich and an Oreo cookie. <laughs> because people are angry. People are angry. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, look, can I say this to everyone here? Okay, here's the truth about politics. And if you can't swallow what I'm going to say, then you've been struck a blow. The truth about politics is this. This is for both sides. Neither side is totally wrong. And guess what? Neither side is totally right. Okay? Now, Jesus is totally right. And Jesus is never wrong. Come on, somebody say amen. Hallelujah. So you have to stand on the rock and you have to recognize that even people that you disagree with, they are still your brother and sister. They're not perfect and you're not perfect. See, I personally believe that um, some people just, they're just on the internet too much. <laughs> Would you please stop Googling things? Please, stop the Google, stop the Google, stop the Google. And Google we trust nowadays. But look, if you fill yourself nonstop with the stuff that you're Googling, if you fill yourself nonstop with one side or another side, you're going to be full of anger and fear. You're going to be full of anger. You're going to be full of fear. And so it's not God's will. It's not God's way. And if you're in that space, you know what's happened. You've been dealt a blow. So I want us to start to think about people that we were close to that we're not close to today. I want us to start thinking about people that we've been connected to that, we, that all of a sudden we're not connected to. What's going on? So here's what the Bible says in order to beware. The Bible says we have to do self-examination. Okay, look at what it says in Romans. Romans uh, 12.3 says, For by the grace given to me, this is Paul speaking, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to. Okay, don't make yourself it because you're not all that. Don't make your opinion. Don't make your everything like you. You have the corner on the market on what's right and true and, and the, the perfect plan. Nobody has all the answers except Jesus. So he says, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. Everyone say sober judgment. In accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. So it's based on how strong is your faith? 
And I'm telling you right now, if your faith is strong, you won't be canceling anybody. You see? If your faith is strong, you won't be isolated. I, I jumped to it, but look, it's not God's will for us to be isolated. That's the devil's trap. Come on, everybody's watched the animal kingdom at least once. How do they hunt? How do predators hunt? They follow the pack and they look for the weak one who can't run, who ends up by themselves. And as soon as they end up by themselves, they pounce. So you don't think that's what the devil is doing to you? Get you by yourself. Get you by yourself. Don't talk to that Christian. They're gonna, don't talk. They, you don't want to hear the Bible verses from them. There's some demonic, you know, d- some demonic voice right here. You don't want to hear that. 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 And you're missing out on someone saying, devil, you ain't, this is my brother. This is my sister. You ain't getting my brother or sister. I'm holding tight to them. Hallelujah. We have to be aware. And look at what um, William Grinnell said. This is the classic. This was written in the 1600s. This is the classic on spiritual warfare. He says, Christians have need of inspecting and repairing their graces. They could send me a keyboard player. In other words, just because you've walked in the grace of God yesterday at a certain level, inspect your graces. Maybe you've been dealt a blow and you need, you need the armor of God repaired in your life. You ever wake up one morning and say to yourself, yo, I'm off. No, that's the problem. Because <laughs> sometimes we get off. And we need grace repaired and that's why we take communion. I'll close this point with this. This is a very powerful quote from uh, Screwtape Letters. So the book Screwtape Letters, this would be a great time for you to read it if you've never read it. It's a classic written by C.S. Lewis about spiritual warfare. And the whole, it's almost like a funny story, but there's a lot of powerful truth in it. And it, it basically unfolds this conversation between a senior devil and, a, and a, a, a rookie devil that he's training up how to be a devil. And so he's given him all of these demonic strategies on how to come against Uh, immortals, human beings. And here's what he said. He said, it's funny how mortals always pick us, picture us as putting things into their minds. In reality, our best work is done by keeping things out. So if he could just keep the word of God out, if he could just keep out the fact that he's the one who's making you so miserable, who's making our church so miserable. Our church is not miserable, but I'm talking about the church. If he could, if he could, if he could just get us to ignore the fact that the real reason we're divided is because it's him. There is another option. There is another alternative. There is a different way that we can go. There are different uh, uh, answers to these questions. But he says, there's no other thing but what's going on right now. Rage, hate, anger, cancel, separate. Beware. Because he's crafty. I'm praying that people who've been dealt a blow will be healed today. How many know the blood of Jesus can heal anybody and everybody today? Can we say amen?
So how do we do this? How do we, how do we get back on the rock? How do we, how do we re-anchor ourselves and get over this incredible blow that has been dealt to our nation and our culture and even the kingdom of God? Very, very important. You ready? We have to be merciful. You know where the answers to the problems of America lie? They lie in mercy. You know the answer? Since I've, since I've been in the ministry for close to 30 years now. Do you know what heals marriages? Mercy. Do you know what restores families? Mercy. Our God is a merciful God. When a Christian can't find a way to forgive, when a Christian can't find forgiveness in their heart, I've been all week, I'm driving around in my car. I've preached like four times this week, different places. And this particular point has been distracting me from my other messages. I preached on Monday to pastors. I did... Tuesday night prayer meeting. I did the youth leaders on, um, on Friday. And as I was driving all week, I've just been walking around saying, Lord, there's got to be a way for you to put forgiveness back in the heart of your people. There's got to be a way. We've got to find mercy again because mercy makes the way for things to be healed and restored. Mercy makes a way for peace to be possible, for bridges to be rebuilt. There's got to be mercy. My biggest concern when I think about, about mercy, my biggest concern is that when God's people don't understand mercy, then they really don't understand themselves. In other words, if you're so full, I gotta say this, at Cicero, online, maybe, maybe by coincidence you stumbled onto this on YouTube or one of the other social media channels, and you're watching today and you just stumbled onto this, I, I pray that God led someone to stumble onto this moment. But you have to understand this. If your heart is so full of what's wrong with other people, then there's no way for you to understand what's really wrong with you. And that's the worst place to be. It's the most dangerous space. You know what Walt Whitman said? Walt Whitman said, he said, be curious, not judgmental. I want you to think about that. Be curious, not judgmental. You know what that means? Sometimes people do things, and you should ask yourself, why do they really do that? What's bothering them? What's hurting them? What are they so angry about? Who did what to them? 
Maybe even though I didn't do it, maybe I could apologize for the sake of the person who did do it and release them. Be curious, not judgmental. Do you know we're living in a day when people, their hobby is to point out what's wrong with point people. Their hobby is to point out what's wrong with pastors, with leaders, as if it's easy to lead. Can I tell you something? Have mercy. You think it's easy? It's not easy. I was, uh, you know, when I was growing up, I used to remember how, um, yeah, I was 14 years old, and I knew, like, I'm going to play professional baseball. I used to watch everything in, in light of preparing myself for that. And so when I would watch um, reporters, sometimes I would get really annoyed with reporters. And let me tell you why, okay? It's because um, here you have a guy, like, like, you know, even in high school, I was 16 years old, I was six foot, 180, 85 pounds, threw 90 miles an hour. I faced this guy who played for the Cubs. I said it a couple weeks ago. I was beating everybody. But guess what? I faced Sean Dunstan. Sean Dunstan hit a ball. It is still traveling around the planet. <laughs> that thing is still going. It's a satellite right now. You know? And guess what? Pitching is hard. You get to a level, all of the guys are good. It's hard. You know, and so then you see the news guy, right? The news guy saying, look at this guy is a bum. You see him talk about a pro quarterback. Oh, he's a bum. And I'm like, wait a second. Look, and no offense, if you weigh 160 pounds, no offense. But you get a newscaster, he's 160 pounds. This guy is 300 pounds. He's made it to the big leagues. He, he, he's made it to the NFL. He gets paid a million dollars a game. He has a bad game. You know, how would you feel if a guy 330 pounds was coming at you to knock your head off? It's hard. But you know what we do? We say, oh, you're a bum. Until we're the point person. And then when we're the point person, a little thing, we can't, we just fumbling and dropping everything and we can't do a thing. It's a whole different ball game. You know, anybody want to preach today? I'll give you the mic. Let's see how it goes. You know? I love when people say, oh, man, being a pastor is great. You get to stay home all week, do nothing, and then you just pick a topic and talk about it. You give them the mic, they're like, hemna, hemna, hemna. Life is hard. Okay, be curious, not judgmental. Understand that someone could love you but still fail you. You know why? Because life is hard. It's hard to run point. The devil is attacking that person. The devil is attacking that leader. The devil is attacking that politician. The devil is attacking that boss. He's attacking that CEO. He's attacking that teacher. The devil is out on the loose. He's on a rampage. And what we're doing is we're agreeing with his scandalous work. We need to stop being so judgmental. We need to be merciful. We're almost done. 
But you know what? I was with my wife the other day, and we ran into this young man. And um, he, uh, he told me he was in law enforcement. And I said to him, hey, I pray for you all the time. You know? And um, um, like, like we're living in a day that you're not supposed to pray for people in authority. You know? Yeah, authority is corrupt, but if they're corrupt, don't you think you should pay for them? Hello? When things are messed up, what should you do? You should pray. You don't cancel them. So anyway, I said to him, hey, I just want you to know I'll pray for you. I'm a pastor. And he said to me, oh, I grew up at such and such a church. And he said, yeah, you know, before the big fall happened over there. And then he says, oh, yeah, and a big fall happened at the other place. And, um, and then he started to list the deal. And I was like, ouch, ouch. It's hard. When I heard, you know, there were two big churches in the suburbs when they fell, you know, I'm like, God, have mercy. What about all the sheep that have been affected? Have mercy. You know, if you were the devil, wouldn't you attack the point person? Who would you go after? So, you don't know what it is. But as Christians, we do know. We should be aware. We have to have mercy. Now, I'm just going to say a couple of key things. Because self-examination is the key to being merciful. So there's this book um, out there. It's kind of like a business kind of sociology book. And it talks about the scout mindset. It's the title of the book. And it talks about that in war, what, there's maps. But then when you're in war, you send out the scout. And the scout goes, look, goes and looks at ter- the terrain and sees what what is really happening, not just what's on the map. When the scout comes back, if you don't listen to what the scout said, guess what? You're going to get quite the whooping from the enemy. You can't deny the truth. You have to look at what's happening and see it for what it is. Good, bad, or ugly, that's what it is. You see? And so you can't ignore, in life, you can't just ignore important stuff. You see, and a lot of times what the devil does is he gets us to ignore our own issues and just gets us to focus on someone else. So look at what the person says in this quote, in this book. He said, scout mindset is what allows you to recognize when you're wrong, to seek out your blind spots, to test your assumptions and change course. It's what prompts you to honestly ask yourself questions like, was I at fault in that argument? Or is this risk worth it? Or how would I react if someone from the other political party did the same thing? As the late physicist Richard Feynman once said, the first principle is that you must not fool yourself and you are the easiest person to fool. And that's why communion is so important. Communion is so important because when you take communion, you have to look at your own heart. Today, when we take communion, the first thing we're going to do, I'm going to ask you to pray for our nation and 
pray for our country, but the first thing I'm going to ask you is I'm going to ask you to look at your own heart. I'm going to ask you to repent today. Do you know on Friday, there was such a move of God in this, right here in this space that a young lady who sat in the back like this for the whole time, she came forward and she said to one of the leaders, she said, here's this thing, I've been vaping nonstop and I've been doing this and I've been doing that. And she goes, you know, sometimes I feel a little guilty about it. She said, but I never cry over what I've done. You know what repentance is? Repentance is like saying, God, I'm the problem. I'm the one who's wrong. If we're going to see a great move of God, the church has to begin by saying, Lord, we need you to do something new in us. Here's my concern. My concern is that if we can't repent for the ugliness in our own hearts, then we won't be able to pray for the ugliness in our nation. So, God, save America. God, fix those politicians. God, fix the police. God, fix that. No, you know how it really starts? Is God, fix me. God, cleanse me. God, wash me. So, when you take communion, here's one of the things that, that happens, brothers and sisters. You look at your own heart. And if you're gossiping, you confess that you've been gossiping. This COVID has created the new gossip highway. And some people need to repent of gossip. Gossip means that you talk about other people behind their back. I'm telling you right now, you need to stop. And, and, and you don't realize how vulnerable you are to the devil if you don't repent. Some people need to stop gossiping. Some people have given in to so many angry feelings. We've given into so many kind of secret, lustful practices because we're alone and isolated. Jesus wants to cleanse the church. And when he cleanses the church, then he's going to use the church powerfully. Because remember, he said, strike the shepherd, scatter the sheep. But when I rise, but when I rise, I'll go before you. How many know we're children of the third day? We're children of the God who rises from the dead to bring victory and power and glory. Hallelujah.